last two weeks, this week, all right, none of you touch me, all right, <laughs> stay away, just wanted to get an idea of who not to shake hands with later, all right, so we're continuing making our way in the gospel of Mark, Mark 1, uh, we talked about last week how Mark moves really quickly, it's very different from uh, the other Gospels that uh, can lay out sort of a long verse. Mark doesn't have birth narrative. Uh, he goes right from baptism, mentions Jesus was in the wilderness, goes out, gathers a few fishermen, because why not? And then we follow up with where we're at today, which is Mark 1, 21 through 28. It's in the bulletin. I think we'll, we'll have it up there. Let's see. <coughs> they came at last to the village of Capernaum. On the Sea of Galilee, and on the Sabbath day, Jesus went straight into a synagogue, sat down, and began to teach. The people looked at each other amazed because this strange teacher acted as one authorized by God, and what he taught affected them in ways their own scribes' teaching could not. Just then, a man in the gathering who was overcome by an unclean spirit shouted, What are you doing here, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I can see who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Jesus, rebuking him, says, be quiet and come out of him now. The man's body began to shake and shudder, and then howling, the spirit flew out of the man. The people couldn't stop talking about what they had seen. Who is this Jesus? This is a new teaching and has such authority. Even the unclean spirits obey his commands. It wasn't long before news of Jesus spread over the countryside of Galilee. All right, what an interesting story. Uh, so I used to live down the street you know, when I was growing up in Waco, Texas. Which did anybody see the documentary this week? The the first piece of the new series Waco about my hometown. Nobody saw that. All right, Paramount Network or it, we DVR'd it on CMT. Anyways, really good, really interesting. I think it's like a five-part series, six-part series. Um, did you see it, Dylan? All right, look it up, Waco. All right. Yeah, it's about the Branch Davidians. Yeah, doesn't have anything to do with that, my actual hometown, but that's a different story. Anyways, so I grew up in Waco, Texas, and down the street from us was uh, like a TV preacher healer man. So whenever I <laughs> read stories like this, I imagine the guy who lived like two doors down, and he actually had, um, he actually had a TV show that was on like lo lo some local network, and it was one of those, I don't know if you've ever caught, caught one on TV, but he will call out the illnesses of like random people that he assumes to be watching. And he's like, oh yes, I see you. And oh yes, you got a back pain. And you know, like something real vague, you know, and then he's like, you're healed or whatever. So I have a hard time reading a story like this without imagining the guy that lives two doors down. One of my favorite like old YouTube videos um, was <laughs> this guy who's uh, performing, like he's trying to like exercise this demon out of this guy. So he's like, get out, demon, get out. And this guy's like spinning around in circles. And then he falls down and he's like convulsing. And then his cell phone rings and he's like, hey, I got it. <laughs> it's an old video. I don't know if you can still find it on YouTube, but it's great. It's so good. Um, so I don't think that's really what's happening here, but it's a strange story, and especially for people, you know, living 
our day and age, like, it's hard to imagine, like, what this is and what this means, like, what is an unclean spirit? We can sort of focus on that and focus on the, the miraculous element and just kind of wonder at how, you know, odd this situation would have been. Um, but I think it's, it's important for us to shift our focus to um, the wording of clean and unclean. What does it mean to, to, to distinguish something as clean or unclean? Um, before we kind of get into that, I, I want us to just make a few notes um, about this. Okay, so I just, on the face of it, I think this is really strange because the group thinks it's uh, the teaching. He has this authority with what he's teaching. But the story actually doesn't say what he's teaching. I think that's just a strange little bit in the thing. Um, so oddly, we don't get the teaching. Uh, I read a bunch of scholars talking about this week um, how uh, you know, God is willing to like, you know, even rescue this human. But the man in the story is kind of an afterthought. Like, we don't know anything about the man. Uh, and then after the unclean spirit is gone, like, he's not mentioned. So I don't think in this story in particular the man is really the important piece of it. Um, so those, those kinds of things are, are just stuff that I, in reading about this text this week, was kind of like unsatisfied with a lot of the things that I was reading um, and the things that other people tended to focus on with this uh, text. Um, one theologian that I read was saying, we need to focus on the unclean spirits question. Uh, he says, uh, what are you doing here, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? And this theologian said, um, obvi the obvious and unspoken answer from Jesus is most certainly yes. I think that's wrong. Um, I think it's very unclear what Jesus um, thinks or would say in that situation. Uh, I don't think that's quite right. I think he, he might be missing the point there. Uh, what Jesus is doing and what you see um, consistently throughout the rest of the Gospels and the New Testament is that Jesus eliminates the distinctions of what is clean and unclean. Uh, so unclean or uncleanliness in the Old Testament is mentioned 132 times. So this is obviously a very important thing. Uh, Exodus 19.10 uh, talks about ritual washing and concentra uh, consecration, uh, ritual washing and cleansing, Leviticus 17.15, 13.16, 15.18, 21.23, Numbers 19, methods of ritual washing, Numbers 31.24, Leviticus 6.27, on and on and on, bathing, sprinkling water for purification, washing of hands and feet, consequences for the failure of uh, performing ritual washing and cleansing. So in the consciousness of what it is to be an Israelite in the first century is these very stark distinctions of what is clean and what is unclean, who is clean and who is unclean. And so whenever this man with the unclean spirit is in the temple, uh, Jesus is not, I, w I will say, uh, just trying to make him clean. He is embracing what is unclean. People were considered contaminated if they had, at that time, if they had skin diseases, certain illnesses, uh, or depending if you're a Gentile, what you ate. Um, so Jesus doesn't come to destroy the unclean spirit, but to embrace and include him. Uh, 
this is a, an important distinction, I think, because uh, what we consider clean or unclean in our world, in our lives, impacts how we live and move in the world. Um, we are constantly drawing our own distinctions, whether or not we call them clean or unclean, all the time. And that's ultimately harmful. Um, Megan Phillips Roper uh, is someone who was in, she grew up in the Westboro Baptist Church. Has anybody ever heard of Westboro Baptist Church? So she grew up in Westboro Baptist Church, and uh, over the course of, of some years, um, through interactions with a lot of people online, was kind of able to um, move her way out of the church. And she, um, she talks about this from the TED stage, about what this experience was like, and I, I just want us to watch a little clip. For Megan, drawing the distinctions of clean and unclean, who's in, who's out, um, ultimately leads to um, a really dark place. And Westboro Baptist is an extreme example of this. Um, but we, we do similar things all the time. Uh, she goes on to say in her, her, TED, um, her TED talk that what she sees in the polarization of our current society, where we go uh, to this camp or the other, and we fight from the, the far ends, um, is exactly what happened uh, in the way her church operated. And we just do this in, in different ways. Um, Jesus comes um, to eliminate the distinctions of who's in and who's out. Jesus eliminates these distinctions of clean and unclean, and I think this is what's radical and authoritative in this text. And I think that's what the original audience is, is uh, grappling with, is they make the distinction of how different Jesus' message is from the scribes and Pharisees. Obviously, at that time, their, their messages would still revolve around these categories of clean and unclean. And yet, Jesus comes in not only with a message that cleanliness or uncleanliness is not the point, but then he actually demonstrates it by embracing what is unclean in a person in the moment. That is radical inclusion, and that is surprising to the first hearers. Uh, there's a favorite story of mine where you see this playing out in Acts chapter 10. At noon on the following day, as their journey brought them close to the city, Peter went up on a roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted to eat. While others were preparing the meal, he had a visionary experience. He saw heaven open up like a large linen sheet being lowered to the earth by its four corners. Inside the sheet were all kinds of four-legged animals, reptiles, wild birds, and a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Peter exclaimed, absolutely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke a second time, never consider unclean what God has made pure. This happened three times, then the object was suddenly pulled back to heaven. This is a, a story about Peter having the same realization in a different way. There are no distinctions of what is clean and unclean, who should be embraced and who shouldn't be embraced. Years later, the early Christians in this text are still grappling with who's in and who's out, what's clean, what distinctions should we make, what distinctions should we not make. <clears throat> Uh, I heard a theologian recently say, um, whatever, uh, he basically says, whatever group you uh, tend to exclude or think of 
as the, a group that you might reject uh, tells you um, more about who your God is than anything. So if you exclude the poor, then your God's uh, rich. If you exclude those with darker skin, uh, your God's probably white. Uh, if you exclude uh, Republicans, then your God's a Democrat. Uh, and it, it shows us that um, we have all of these types of distinctions that we, we make and that we're all called to lay these distinctions aside and embrace the unity that is our shared humanity. <clears throat> Jesus came with the authority to dismantle the boundaries that divide us in order to show us this common shared humanity. Humanity is messy and it's dirty and I think most people would rather opt for the freshly swept streets of heaven. You know, all the pictures that we have of heaven and all the sort of images that we think that are kind of the cartoony images are these really clean, you know, like whitewashed houses and all this sort of stuff. It's just not, it's not good theology. It's a bad image of what actually God came to do through Jesus. The strange thing is that Jesus chose the unclean. He chooses it over and over. He chooses to embrace the earth. Jesus reaches into the dirt, grabs fistfuls of sand, spits into his hands, and rubs the grime on the eyes of the blind. Unconcerned about cleanliness and ritual distinctions that enslave us, Jesus chose to encounter the unclean, unbothered about what this might say about him. And I think it's fascinating that Mark chooses this story as Jesus' first public act of ministry. When we think about the stories uh, that the gospel writers use uh, for Jesus' first public action, this is, for Mark, the most important. And that should make us kind of, should perk our ears a little bit. What is Mark trying to say by pointing out that this is the first thing that Jesus does? Radical inclusion. Uh, the truth is that we're all unclean. Right? And that's not something to um, make everyone here feel bad and then leave. Um, but it's the reality that we all have a level of uncleanliness that Jesus says is great, is okay. We, we are all flawed in some way. We are all unclean. But the radical grace is that Christ embraces this. He takes what is unclean and he grabs it. Accepts us, loves us and calls us then to love the unclean in others. Um, as Megan showed us, uh, it's the act of ex the acceptance of others uh, that healing occurs. I talked about last week how um, the Gospels all are, are trying to answer uh, an essential question, in that the Gospel of Mark's essential question is how do we move through suffering? Um, we move through suffering by embracing all that there is, especially the unclean. It is in the act of the pure acceptance and love of others, even amidst the unclean, that healing can occur. Um, it's not assuming that we're going to fix someone, correct someone, or clean someone up. Uh, it's purely the engaging with the other, engaging with the person who we may um, have a difficult time engaging. It is through acceptance that true and lasting grace, love, and understanding is able to prevail. So may we come to see that Jesus uh, does not come to destroy the unclean or clean the unclean, 
but to embrace and set free. Not to divide, but unite. Not to soak our world in bleach, but to embrace life in all of its dirty, lovely humanity. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for uh, the vulnerability that you display, uh, that you simply embrace uh, the unclean in each of us and call it okay, uh, that you call us um, in our uncleanliness to uh, engage others in that humanity and our lives are messy and dirty and great. Thank you. Love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys stand to your feet with me? Your love so deep is washing over me. Your face is all I seek. You are my everything. Jesus Christ, you are my one desire. Lord, hear my only cry to know you all my life. Your love so washing over me your face is all i seek you are my everything jesus christ you are my one desire lord hear my only cry to know you all my life your love your love so deep is washing over your face is all I seek. You are my everything. Jesus Christ, you are my one desire. Lord, hear my only cry to 